0: Girl Scouts of Central Indiana, Garmon Construction, Leaders and Legends, LLC, the Grand Hall and Conference Center at Historic Union Station, the McGinley's Golden Ace Inn, and McAllister Machinery, your friendly neighborhood Caterpillar dealer. You may find all your sales and rental equipment needs at McAllister.com. We are pleased to announce our podcast is now a member of the All Indiana Podcast Network in partnership with Wish TV. You may find Leaders and Legends at allindianapodcastnetwork.com. Thinking of starting a podcast or need to host a public meeting? Let Leaders and Legends LLC be your partner as you look for new ways to communicate your message. Please contact Chris Spangle and me at leadersandlegends.net. Thank you for joining us on the Leaders and Legends podcast. Our guest today is Brad Chambers. Known him for a long time. One of the best leaders this state has produced, certainly of his generation and others. He was appointed as Secretary of Commerce in summer of 2021, CEO of the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, And he also serves as a member of former podcast guest, Governor Eric Holcomb's cabinet, and helps lead the state's economic development efforts. He's also the founder, president, and CEO of Indianapolis-based Buckingham Companies. Chambers has led the strategic direction of the company since he started it as a student, which is in quotations in my personal notes based on your comments at the IBJ luncheon, which were breakfast, which we'll talk about since he started it in 1984 at Indiana university. Buckingham has grown from its first rental property purchase to the development and acquisition of its investments, exceeding $3 billion. In addition to his role at Buckingham companies, Chambers also serves as a founder and board member of the Buckingham foundation which to date has awarded more than 2.5 million dollars in grants and sponsorships to more than 600 nonprofits. He also serves on too many boards to count. <laughs> Brad Chambers, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Hey, it's so uh, it's so nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You're a Hoosier kid, born and bred. I am
1: indeed. Uh,
0: what does that mean to you when you go to other states and you talk to folks? do you notice there's a difference between you and them based on being a Hoosier?
1: I will tell you some of the best advice I got from a, a dear friend of, of our families and a, in a, and a dear friend of my father's when I was at IU. And, and we were, I was, I was in town. He was in town. We were walking around the circle and I was pondering my future. I was, I was buying and in the real estate business at that point, and he said, and this is a gentleman who's been super successful. He owned WIBC at, this, at, at that point in time, mm. actually. Uh, he was a, a, a radio and, and television um, business person, super successful. Um, and he said to me, he said, um, my only advice to you is you've got this great city and this great state and this great network. He goes, you should take a couple of years and go live somewhere else. Because when you go live somewhere else, you, you then appreciate where you come from. And I took that advice, and and in the middle of of, of my entrepreneurial journey, I took two years and I, I moved to California, and um, and he was exactly right. Um, I I remember the the beautiful sunny California day Sunday walking out of church, and it just dawned on me I'd, I'd had enough of the California ways, and I I yearned for you know really refocusing on on the business that I'd started. Um, but I but I yearn for Indiana and the Indiana ways and the Indiana values, and so um, that was good advice.
0: You're a graduate of Lawrence Central, I am.
1: 1982,
0: yeah, and IU class of '86, which means you got to IU after they won the national championship in '81 and graduated before they won the national championship in '87.
1: That's right. That's
0: right. But you were there the summer of '84. When the Olympic team was there. Yes. Do you remember that at all? Yeah. We had John Wertheim, who Mm -hmm. uh, is the executive editor of Sports Illustrated. He Mm -hmm. was on the podcast. Oh, neat. He's from Bloomington. sure. For sure. And he talked. He wrote a book about that summer. Do you remember that summer
1: very well? I do. I do. And it was the Bob Knight era. I mean, it was an incredible era to to be at IU, right? To be in Indiana University and basketball was at its zenith, if you will. And so the uh, the Olympics and just just the, um, just that that whole era was you know, really fun and interesting to, to be around. All of it.
0: Everybody I know who went to IU. Would go back to IU right now, whether they're thirty, forty, fifty, seventy.
1: That's right. How much fun did you have? Oh my gosh! I mean, that's 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 my that's that's why I my you know, at the engage event when when I described myself as a student, I said that's a disservice to the definition of student because Bloomington, you know, there's there's lots of ways to learn, right? And and books is just one. Um, And and so the learning, the social learning, the experience that Bloomington provides, uh, the university provides, uh, my entrepreneurial um, uh, journey provided, um, it's it's just a fabulous place. It just is. And there are,
0: and we've had them on the podcast, a, a, a good selection of them, a tremendous number of IU alums who have impacted this city and state. Jim Morris, Jim Kittle, Randy Tobias, David Frick. The list goes on.
1: The list goes on.
0: How Did you get to know them anyway? I, I guess we should mention our friend Nate Feltman, right. former podcast guest. Yeah. Uh, did you get to know them kind of through the IU connection a little bit, alumni or just games, events?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to, right? Now, IU alums are everywhere. And as you said, they're they're forces for good in our, in our city, in our community, in our state. Um, and so, um, absolutely it in, in Jim Morris is larger than life, you know, his, his contributions to our city and he's, you know, I, I, mentioned mentorship the other day at, at, engage. I mean, speaking of our best mentor in the state that, 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 uh, Jim Morris just stands high and, um, his IU passion and conviction and support, man, we're just so fortunate.
0: You could tell I'm not into politics much because I left out my former boss, Greg yeah. Ballard.
1: Yeah.
0: IU class of 78. That's right. That's right. I want to talk to you a little bit about the IEDC and mm-hmm. then and then kind of get back to it. But I ran into you a couple, three months ago. Mm-hmm. I was walking outside of the of the IRT and kind
1: of smiled at you and said, so you were
0: looking for a part-time
1: gig. <laughs> <laughs> the weather was warm. I believe it was a warmer day and the sun was shining. You looked at me with that, that, that smirk and you said, and that smirk was, you may, you may not be getting smarter as you get older. I think that was your smirk. That's what, I read your facial expression <laughs> and and I think you're right on that one. I may not be getting smarter as I get older.
0: Many of us who've worked in the public sector um, did so or do so because they can't say no right yeah so you got a call from governor holcomb right did you know have any inkling kind of that the call was coming and how hard was it to say yes
1: well you know it was it was you know in, in a Nothing, nothing comes at the right time in life, right? Or in many instances, the good things in in, in your life don't come at the right time. And so, some people say no, and and, and But I pondered it. I, I I I went home and slept on it, and um, it was interesting, you know, because I I think my my career history and my career experience lent itself to this opportunity, this job, this in this in this opportunity to serve. Um, but it was just, it was just not planned and it was completely unexpected. Um, and quite frankly, I, I just didn't think I was ready to leave the business I'd been working on for decades and, um, went home and slept on it. And, um, as I did, I, uh, and, you know, let the, um, the space get in there a little bit, um, I, you know, n- nothing ever comes at the right time. Number one, number two is consistent with my values of community service and, um, and the company's values. And so we got to yes. And I'm glad I did. When I was
0: negotiating, if that's the right term, to come to the administration, to leave Schill's section and go to the Bowler administration, yeah. it was not so much about the job, even though it was intriguing. I'm sitting here. I'm going to take a $35,000 pay cut right. and work twice as many hours right. completely in the public, public eye. Right? Yes. Yes. So that part... You can't rationalize. That's correct. It's the person. That's right. It was Greg Ballard mm-hmm. and it was Paul Oakison. Mm-hmm. How much of, of your decision was influenced just by what a terrific person Eric Holcomb is?
1: Yes. That is, that is such an essential question, right? So my, one of my biggest blessings other than my family is that I enjoy the work I've done for over three decades and I enjoy the people I've done it with. That is my just incredible blessing. And so enjoying your work, enjoying the people you do it with is is, you know, it's a it's a value for me and it's a guiding light. And so to your point, he is a terrific guy and he is a good leader and um he knows, you know, how to let people do their job. And so it was very, very important for me in, in, in coming to getting to yes, is that, uh, the opportunity to work with him and, and have his, and support his vision and, uh, try to put points on the board for Indiana and, and all hosiers.
0: You're listening to the leaders and legends podcast. Our guest is Brad Chambers, secretary of commerce and CEO of the Indiana economic development corporation. So let's go back for a little bit. Cause I didn't want to bury the lead about your new job. On other podcasts that I've been on, which I've been a guest or when I've hosted them and talked to others, because you and I are basically contemporaries, you're four four years older than I am. Mm -hmm. I have said before, growing up in the seventies and eighties was the greatest influence in my life. Right. How much fun was it when you look back as you're a kid and you had those great years, the seventies and the eighties, and they seemed like there was so much fun. Do you think about wow what a great time to be a kid and what a great time to like be a, an adult a young adult
1: I mean you know my son is twenty five and i you know obviously it was there every step of the way for his for his uh his his coming of age and and I compare his coming of age and the times that we're in now in the nineties and two thousands and I look back on mine and you know i I don't want to tell him how much fun I had. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of ridiculous. I mean, it was just a different day and a different age. And uh, your parents weren't as hovering as we are today. And I include myself in that category, unfortunately. But um, it was a blast. You know, we're roaming the neighborhoods literally and figuratively, you know, getting into trouble, but also creating ways to be industrious and contributing to the world. Um, You know, just figuring it out, but having a blast with your friends. So it was a great time. Is to answer your question,
0: and I don't think the young folks. I have three kids: thirty-two, twenty-one, and eighteen. And you talk to them, and it's, it's the no curfew, it's the complete freedom. I'm yeah. going to be on my bike for three hours, and yeah. I'll see you at dinner time, yeah. and no checking in, and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, is that kind of what you're describing? Oh
1: my gosh, we, you know, our, uh, we never locked the house, and keys were always in any car. If you wanted it, you could take it. I mean that was in that's, that's right. I'm off on my bike and, and I didn't talk to my parents for 8, 10 hours in a day. I couldn't fathom that when my son was fifteen or twelve or ten. Do you so. have a
0: favorite? Do you have a favorite movie from your childhood? A favorite toy? A favorite TV show? Did you have a favorite? Did you have a
1: Farrah poster? Or a- oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, an Elton John poster and a Farrah poster. I mean, who didn't have a Farrah poster? Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, yes, I did. I had, I had all that. It was a blast. It just was.
0: One of the things that, that all of us of that era will talk about when we have a chance is how much Indianapolis has changed.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, if I had told you, even, even as a young entrepreneur, let's say late eighties, maybe before you went to California, or maybe when you just came back, in 2012, Indianapolis will host the Super Bowl and will completely redefine what it means to host a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You would have said,
1: mm-hmm. I, mean, "I would have said I don't believe it, right?" I mean, you, it, when we were in our youth and we were 16 driving cars or we 17, and Indianapolis was just different. It was, it was. Th- there was hard. There was there was good people working on it, right? Because that's what we—it turned out to be today—is the Jim Morrises of the world were working on it, and the Dick Lugers and the Nuts and the and the all those fantastic leaders we've had. Um, but but and they and it did it, and that and that's the by the way that's the reinforcement of you know civic contribution and is that you can make things happen, you can you can make things better,
0: and seeing people like. Jim Morris, who's who's come on the podcast a couple mm-hmm. times actually, yeah, uh, and others who Tom Benford, mm. the I list remember, goes, I remember Mark Tom. Miles, yeah, uh, yeah, the list goes on and on of the people who were, of course, we should have to say, and I, P.E. McAllister, mm-hmm. being at the top of the list,
1: yeah.
0: Was that a model for you in some ways? Like, look, they're businessmen. They're entrepreneurs, they're making a living, they're creating jobs, but they're still finding time to be on the state fair commission mm-hmm. to be involved in the arts mm-hmm. or or some mm-hmm. other nonprofit. You yeah. look at those people and they if they can do it, then I can do it.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent they were role models for me growing up. Um, Andre Lacy, Tom Benford, um, Steve Goldsmith, right? Bill Hudnut. Um, and those were public servants, but, and then all the the people who w- contributed their, their time out, outside of work, you know, and, and in partnership with, with our, our, you know, our, our uh, public servants, um, it was a powerful combination and it, and it, it has driven our city for decades.
0: And one of the things that's come through in the interviews that we've done is how, Completely nonpartisan things
1: mm-hmm. were correct.
0: I remember P. E. McAllister telling me at lunch that the politics never came up. He, knew he was he was right. the president of the CIB yep. for a long time, and in other meetings and things he had done, he's like there was no discussion of ooh, this is an advantage for X or for Y mm-hmm. that that was all left outside the room. Has that mm-hmm. been your experience as well?
1: In my short five months. Well, you've also in been just involved in, like,
0: in the art museum, yeah. the state fair commission. You've done so many things that involves convening people yeah. with disparate views and backgrounds. Yeah. And when I was doing the messaging, the PR for the mm-hmm. capital improvement board, mm-hmm. I didn't see a single argument, like mm-hmm. not a single one, in five mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And that taught me something as I was mm-hmm. watching it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's it's. It's, it's affected Indianapolis less than it has on a national landscape, for sure. Um, I, think, I think there's a tinge of it today, a little more than we'd like. But generally speaking, I agree with you that it was community first and politics second.
0: Is there, is there a particular event that you witnessed as, as an entrepreneur in Indianapolis that said, this isn't the city I grew up in? And I have I have a suggestion, but I don't want to preempt your answer because this it's something we've heard several times. But is there one thing that you were like, I can't believe this is happening here
1: in a good way, in a good way? Yeah, oh, yeah. When when we built a, a football stadium without a football team, <laughs> I mean, how progressive and entrepreneurial and innovative and um, outside of, you know, the the perception of. Uh, you know no leadership right or lack of leadership or, or quiet leadership, man was that a statement and and look how it turned out so you know i 'm in the risk business as an entrepreneur i 've been in the risk business since i've i 've been a twenty year old and and that and, and you know government doesn 't do risk very well you know they're I said the other day they 're uh, defensive, not offense but um that was a statement that that was a new day for our city and it was hats off to everybody involved
0: the other event besides that one that's come up several times and we've done a podcast a couple of podcasts where it's really been central was the pain aim games in 87
1: oh yeah yeah good good point on that
0: mark miles was went on about and i think so did david frick and some others that when we were able to ted bohm who came on the podcast Mm -hmm. who was the chairman of the event just saying that for us to be able to do that in that mm-hmm. such a truncated time period and yeah. knock it out of the park really yeah. put Indianapolis on the map.
1: It did, and it was international, too. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a really good example um, as well.
0: You are listening to Leaders and Legends, a podcast presented by Veteran Strategies, a local veteran public relations enterprise, and sponsored by Girl Scouts of Central Indiana, Garmond Construction, Leaders and Legends, LLC, the Grand Hall and Conference Center at Historic Union Station, the McGinley's Golden Ace Inn, and McAllister Machinery, your friendly neighborhood Caterpillar dealer. Our guest today is Indiana Secretary of Commerce, Brad Chambers. Brad, you mentioned Jim Morris, so pushing him aside for just one second. Sure. Is there a Hoosier leader and or legend you particularly admire?
1: Um there's a there's a there's a lot of them um you know herman b wells going back to iu and his leadership down there and what he did um i i always loved tom Benford too he was such a quiet leader right he was a big force but a super understated um individual um gosh we've had good governors as well um but i would say i'd say i would say just just you know herman b wells and then tom Benford.
0: We've not had him mentioned before, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Usually the answer, quite frankly, is Jim Morris. Like he gets 80% of the answer and deservedly so. Yeah. I was at your speech a few weeks ago at the IBJ Breakfast. and You mentioned starting a business while at IU. Yes. Why did you decide to start a business while you were busy studying?
1: I didn't think about it. I I think I truly, I, I mean, I loved working. And in in our landscaping business, you know, I don't know how, and I said it, you know, how many people you take a poll and it's like 90% of people were in the landscaping or cutting lawns when they were teenagers, right? We all did it. And it's such a great way to learn. But that business that I started with three pals when I was 15 and they were 16, I couldn't even drive the trucks that we owned. I, I didn't have my license, but we were we were the we built the business and we we were cutting apartment complexes oddly, at that point in time. But it was a real business, billing you know reasonable dollars for for a bunch of teenagers. We were borrowing money from banks. We were dealing with customers at sixteen years old, you know, mad customers as well as happy customers. <laughs> and, and 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 you know we had to collect and we had to fix stuff and we had to go bind insurance and borrow money. It was. Uh, but we were doing it outside in beautiful weather with people you enjoyed. And so the lesson from that it was when you're having fun, it's not work. And that just so when 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 one of the partners came to, to me and came to us and said, I want to buy the business from this group. We were like, sure, I'm a sophomore. I've been cutting grass for five years, six years now. I'm I can I can be really happy not doing that for another summer took the proceeds and then, uh, buddy and uh, another good friend of mine, we took our proceeds and we went and bought a rental property at IUPUI. It was, it was within months. It was, so there was no downtime, you know, it would have been easy to spend that money too, by the way.
0: Oh, but, sure. Sure. Did you, so at 15, I was figuring out a Rubik's cube <laughs> and you had a significant business so my yeah. mother was relatively proud of me when I figured out the Rubik's cube. Yeah. How proud were your parents of you when you had this showed this entrepreneurial bent?
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I think, I think I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, they were, and I know they were, but it wasn't a big conversation. It was like, you know, clean your stuff up out of the driveway. I don't want that lawnmower and all the blades in the middle of the driveway when dad comes home. That was the conversation. <laughs> Or, or, but I will tell you one story though, that you will love. Okay. If we got time, sure. We have one time. So when you, when, when you have a landscaping company and this is how much, um, how proud my mother was by the way. Um, so when you have a landscaping company, um, you, you plow snow in the winter, right? And so I was plowing snow in the winter. I had accounts and I was plowing snow and it was actually snowing back then. It doesn't snow that much anymore. I'm out on a, on a, uh, ski trip with my my Lawrence Central folks i think it was either that or freshman year and um big snowstorm hits and i can't fly back i can't fly back cuz of snow and its the airports are shut down and my clients are furious and there's no cell phones back then i don't think there was or they're really early one of the two so i called my mother from the motel 6 in copper mountain i think <laughs> And I said, OK, I need you to cut my I need you to plow my lawns for, or uh, plow my my accounts for me. She goes, what? I need you to plow my plow my, my accounts for me. And and so I walked her through how to use the plow. <laughs> the plow. And, you know, it took me for I, I did get a flight. I got home like eight hours later and then I had to go in the search in the city. Where is she? Because she's out plowing my accounts. And I found her at this. At this restaurant on State Road 37, now Benford Boulevard, by the way, and she's out there. In the, the restaurant, owner is in the right seat. My mom is in the left seat, plowing this huge parking lot. And she and I pulled up on her, and I'm like, and this guy, and they're having this beautiful conversation. The, the restaurant owner looked had pity on her, so he got in, and they're doing this thing together she goes and she looked at she rolled down the window it was a crank so it wasn't even electric windows right in my old pickup truck i bought for nothing and a plow blade on it she looked at me and she was smiling and she goes this is kind of fun this is now i know what you do on the weekends or on the you know on, on and why you're so busy so you know i could see in her 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 whole being that she was proud of what I had done through these lawns and through the snow removal business. And it tells you a little bit about her, too, by the way. Did she get paid? Um, I probably stiffed her. (laughs) I I probably stiffed her. I mean, you know, you're living at your parents' house. You're not paying rent. You're you're collecting all this money. But she she still loved me anyway.
0: (laughs) Was there a point when the company took off when you were like, okay, now this is... This is a whole nother level of success. One that, uh, whether it's Buckingham, whatever, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, you
1: know, are you this a
0: landscaping company. Just, just in general, in your entrepreneurial career, where you're, where you, I'm not gonna say look at your bank statement, but I mean, yeah. I guess that's one way to put it. Or you, you think about how busy you are, how successful you are, and you're like, right. this is beyond what I ever thought.
1: It's still incremental. I mean, it's been such a <clears throat> the landscaping company. No, we just we just worked hard. You know, kept your head down. You work hard, and you and, and it was it was you know it was it was still a small business. I mean, it was a, still a really small business. But we you know we employed four, five, six people a year in addition to our, the, the four partners, and um and then the Buckingham journey has been you know long and slow too. But it it's been a, and I used this term the other day at the engage event, and and it's my, my hope and dream for the state is quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know, we've we've we focus on the quality of the of the journey versus the quantity of the journey. I think I think if I was less concerned and the team here was less concerned about quality, we could be larger from a quantity sure. perspective,
0: right? Is there someone who we all have um people who have whose presence in our lives or or someone who could have hired us or not hired us and they make a decision that changes your life. Um, was there someone like that for you who you would describe as a mentor or things changed, I mean other than your wife of course, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. things changed when I met him or her.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I I have I've had two or three in my life and in and, and again the reason that mentorship is is so important. Um, Joe Amatero, who owned WIBC was has always been and he's ninety eight or ninety nine right now, hmm. years old, and he's still trucking. And um, you know, I'm I'm gonna go see him here soon. Um, but he's been a constant mentor for me, um, for sure. And and there's been others along the way, but but super successful person, very grounded, um, wise beyond his years, you know. Um was in the war, went to Harvard. Um, um, so I've been blessed with that and I, I, I hope for others to, you know, it's that they have mentors that they can affect the trajectory of their life.
0: And it seemed to have been part and parcel with the growth of Indianapolis that, that there was a class of people who worked really hard to be helpful to the generation behind them because one of the things that has come out of the podcast is like that's the only way we can keep this going, is if PE McAllister mentors David Frick, yes, you know, right, or or Evan By, who yeah. just came on the podcast, whose four chiefs of staff are Bill Morrow, Joe Hogsett, Bart Peterson, and Fred Glass. Like there's right. that connection that like that's part of yeah being involved in this city, right,
1: right. And in and, and, and I made a comment the other day about um, a closed source versus an open source system. You know, I've, someone used that term on me this year about you know an entrepreneurial ecosystem, and and they referenced it in the terms of closed source or open source, which is which is a computer term. It's a technology term. It's closed source. Software, which is, you know, it's not accessible or open source, which is shareable and shared. And, and I use the term, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I hope for the state of Indiana's entrepreneurial ecosystem to be open source in a sharing, uh, a sharing, uh, environment.
0: Leads me right into my next question. We're talking with Indiana secretary of commerce, Brad Chambers. Uh, we all read the statistics on small businesses that fail yours has grown, has been successful. Can you point to a one or two reasons why? And, and those reasons why do you hope to cast that net across Indiana to help the entrepreneurial ecosystem yeah. throughout the state?
1: Yeah. I've thought about that question um, a lot over the years and it, it you know, um, I think Indiana is special in that regard. There were, there were, you know, when you're when you're starting a capital intensive business like ours, um, you you know, you need to borrow money and you need to borrow it responsibly. And there was some lenders along the way and some bankers along the way that that lent us money and it was a character loan and we don't you know, you, you don't hear about character loans anymore, right? And those were character loans. Um and um obviously repaid successfully and, and, but, you know, I, I'm, I hold those bankers and, 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 and John Holden, uh, uh, is still, um, lending money today and he's, and we're a customer of his, um, at Busey bank and, and he was one of those guys that, that, you know, and it wasn't a lot of money, but it was enough for a very small business when you're in your twenties, you know, to make a huge difference. And that, that's the Indiana uh, that I'm I'm so blessed to have grown up in and started a business in, you know, that someone and, and there's a gentleman by the name of Lamar Rich Creek at People's Bank um, back in the 90s, early 90s. And he did the same thing. And I remember the names. That's a long I time ago. It. I believe it because they made a difference. Um, they made a difference from a guy not being able to realize his entrepreneurial dream to a guy being able to, 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 to realize his entrepreneurial dream and build a big, bigger business that employed people for, for decades. Like we have now.
0: We did a podcast last year about the career of Bill Hudnut. Mm-hmm. And one of the guests was a fellow named Dave Arlen. Yeah. And he made the comment that back when Hudnut was mayor, most of the banks in Indianapolis were headquartered in Indianapolis. That's right. And they were invested in Indianapolis's That's right. growth. That's right. That's not the case in a lot of ways right. anymore. Right. Do you think that does make a difference? Because, you know, you're talking about the people who are yep. helpful with you, and it's the people who kind of control the purse strings a little bit. Would you like to see
1: more banks headquartered here, more native I would. Um, I, I mean, I think that ship has sailed, unfortunately. Um, oh, maybe we can, we can, um, th- there are some, there are some local homegrown banks though, so I'm not going to say that. I mean, you've got Merchants Bank and um, Mike Petrie, the CEO founder of that with Randy Rogers. Those guys are really deep rooted in this community and doing a terrific job. Mickey Maurer. Obviously. Mickey Mauer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bank of Indianapolis, you know, we're customers of both those. so, so, but, but, yes, it would be the more homegrown banks, the better for sure.
0: Would, you, would it be fair to say that you have a soft spot for the entrepreneur?
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah. That journey is my journey. Yeah, I, absolutely. And, that's, and I, not only that, I think it's good business for the state of Indiana. It's really good business. And, and that's why I'm doing my best. And Governor Holcomb is very supportive of, about, you know, lifting up and shining a spotlight on, on entrepreneurship in our state and nurturing um, entrepreneurship and shining a light and fertilizing it.
0: One of the things you detailed in your breakfast speech, the IBJ, uh, which our friend Bill Osterley mm-hmm. God, yep, God love him, received that award. Well deserved. Uh, the IEDC's five E's. Yeah. Could you talk just for a minute or two about what they are and why they are important?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Um so after after the we got to yes on on accepting the role of Secretary of Commerce, then it was and there, then the then the then the views and the ideas start to percolate and they start to fly around in your brain about I mean, how can I make a difference? How can I make a difference? What's the where do you where's the optimal place to spend your time? Where's the low f- f- hanging fruit for the state and the highest opportunity for the state? And and the governor and I spent a lot of time together on that and and there's a long list and that we 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 um, and we oddly were pretty aligned um, and, but this is a really cool list. And, but, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta boil that down into, you know, bite-sized pieces, right? and digestible pieces. And so out of that uh, goals and aspirations for the state came five themes, uh, and those five themes are, um, the built environment. Our first E is environment or the built environment. Our second E is an economy of the future with industries of the future. Uh, and our third E is entrepreneurship. Our fourth E is the energy transition, and what is our state? What role uh, is our state going to play in the energy transition? Since it's here, and then our fifty e is external engagement and telling the story about um, the great things about Indiana and why Indiana is so great. Indiana, uh, we're all humble, you know, here, and we don't talk about ourselves. And we don't really brag about all the great attributes, but other people who know. The quality of this state and, and the way we we conduct ourselves, they 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 ask us, why don't you tell your story more? So that that fifth E external engagement super important is to tell our story because those are assets in our in our in our state business life. Our good reputation for fiscal management and and innovation and um, and the list goes on. Those are assets, and we're just not using them. So yeah.
0: May I add another E that's yes. close to my heart. Yeah. And that would be enlist. Yeah. Yeah. Indiana has so much potential in the defense sector. Yeah. It's already doing so much. But yes. I know Governor Holcomb, a yes. Navy veteran. Yes. Um is which yes. you know, as an army veteran.
1: Yes. I, I get a lot spot. of gr- spot. <laughs> yeah soft spot <laughs> That's right soft
0: spot there's so much potential there uh, but then there's also a lot of competition mm-hmm. among other states especially mm-hmm. states on the coast where you where the Navy could have like a yeah. bigger presence per se but yeah. how does Indiana capitalize on on such a terrific spot within the United States yes in terms of the crossroads of America yeah. and the deep patriotic sense that hoosiers have it's just a few years ago that indiana had the fourth largest national guard in the country
1: right yeah
0: what's the potential there
1: it's significant i mean so Uri is excellent right in list and and indiana is indeed patriotic we've got a a governor that's a um, uh, you know navy vet and and uh you know our, our our there's hoosiers everywhere that that you know served and 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 lifted our country up not only our state and so um it's it's a super important e and i'm going to add two e's education and equity that we talked about the other day that are also important and they 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 wrap and support um the other five e's but you know the defense opportunities in our state um are are numerous and there's a lot of upside there i think i think we um we need to spend some more energy on it we're trying to do that at the IDC we've got uh, Crane Naval Warfare Center in uh, southern Indiana and man there's a lot of smart people doing a lot of important work down there a lot and've I've, I've really enjoyed the first five months getting to know them and what they do and how important it is and so leveraging that talent uh, is, is is good and then and then you know some of the aviation engineering that's going on at Purdue Mm-hmm. Um, in the defense industry, um, we have some really important uh, defense contractors in northern Indiana too producing some and then we have which is interesting we've got a lot of small companies pr- producing important parts for uh, for the mil- for, for military and, and some of the larger contractors so um, the governor's got a goal of tripling defense spending and in, in, in his term and and we're working hard on that it's important.
0: The IEDC recently announced a study, it was funding a study to uh, examine Indiana's startup economy. What's the impetus for this initiative? What do you hope comes out of it?
1: For the startup economy? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the world's evolving and, and technology is evolving. And we've got this incredible advanced manufacturing um, uh you know, DNA, you know, Indiana builds things and we could, we, 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 uh, and that's super important to our economy, but, 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 um, even manufacturing is advancing through technology, right? And so, um, so technology is everywhere and Indiana has got such good educational facilities. We have, we have incredible universities with incredible talent and, and, um, I think it's a, uh, a, 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 a wide open field for us to run in as a state using our great universities, using our young talent and, and innovating and leading in the technology sector. And that that produces jobs tomorrow, five years from now, 10 years from now, that will power our economy and empower our our young people. I like to say in, in, in my 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 commentary, I'm working for the fifth grader at Evansville schools or the sixth grader at Fort Wayne schools because you know, building an economy of the future where they can graduate from a, one of our great uh, educational um, uh, locations or universities and then in stay here in a technology job or even an advanced manufacturing job or a manufacturing job. I don't care, but stay here.
0: Well, that was I can ask what I was saying that, that you were born here. You're yeah. educated here. Yeah. You stayed here with your business. Yeah. How do we both convince people who want to be Hoosiers and people who are already Hoosiers to stay here. I was in the army and left and was offered a job when I was stationed in New Mexico. They said, hey, go to New Mexico state and we can give you a job in the army doing whatever. And I was like, I want to go home.
1: Right. Yep.
0: How do you, how does, how do you make Indiana as attractive as possible? You know, it's often mentioned, you mentioned it in your speech,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no mountains, no yep. beach, yep. you know, no Broadway per se. Yep. So yep. what is it that, that can draw that
1: talent? It's a great opportunity in in, 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 a, in a career in a profession. It, it is a meaningful opportunity, and not only to you know to raise a family um, and to have competitive wages, um, and if you it, but interesting work, and um, hmm. and if you if you do that, then 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 people do. You know, really love this place. Um, even the people who come here for Salesforce, or they working here for Amazon or for Google, or and and they get here and, and uh, they don't know a lot about Indiana until they get here for work or they go work at Saab and in West Lafayette. They love it. That's the that's the common theme we hear is once we get them here, they love it and they don't leave. Um, convincing you know the seventy five thousand graduating students to stay is a huge opportunity for this for 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 the IDC and for the state, and you do that by providing really interesting cool work in industries of the future um, or you know there's there's plenty of people that want to work in our our robust manufacturing f- uh, sector too so there's in a wide array of employment opportunities is really is really the the uh, focus
0: there are several folks who we both know who I would classify as as uh, genuine and devoted Hoosier cheerleaders. Yeah. Our friend Bill Benner would be one of them. Yes, sir. Absolutely. But another one was the, is the current president of Purdue university. Yeah. How important was it to the state that Mitch Daniels not only stayed in state, but he could have retired that he took on another job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Here. He is, he is, we had a a lunch, uh, I don't know, couple weeks ago that was supposed to be an hour and ended up being two hours and um he is an amazing person and um not only did he you know kind of write the write the trajectory of our state back in 2004 2005 and we were blessed to have him for for his two terms um and and he put us on and you know we're 18 years now with a balanced budget Triple A AAA credit rating, right? And we're hanging on to that, and we've got good fiscal management, and all the ways that I said Indiana's winning earlier, we're, we're winning. Miss um, Daniels is is in uh, his team. You know, Eric Holcomb is on that team, so you, you, I'm going to I'm going to make sure that the entire team and all the people that he hired around him um, get equal due because it was a team effort. And Mitchell would be the first guy to tell you that. Um, but for him to land at at, uh, at Purdue was just it was, a was genius by the the, the, the trustees um, and, and um, Mike Berghoff, you know, was right in the middle of that. I think he, Bill Osterley was right. In the Bill Osterley was in the middle of that and Keith Crock was right in the middle of that. Fred all Klipsch. those. Trustees. Yeah, Fred <laughs> Klipsch. So all of them. Um, and, and then he's done it again. He's just doing it again. You know, he, West Lafayette's growing like like weed. Um, because of, you know, he's tr- it's a mini state of Indiana going on up there. I mean, it's innovative. It's it's out front. It's out on his heels. It's doing things that are counter to you know norm- norms like you know keeping tuition low. You know, at the same time growing. So it's just we're so blessed.
0: My son's a junior at Purdue. The tuition the flatlining has been very beneficial. It's unbelievable. It's made a difference because now it's like, okay, if you want to go to law school, Andrew, we'll have money left over for you to go to law school.
1: Absolutely. Uh, We have
0: a few more uh, questions with uh, Secretary of Commerce Brad Chambers before we get to the five questions. You mentioned something about Mitch Daniels' staff. Again, you led me right into my next question.
1: How about that?
0: When people used to say, hey, Robert, I'm going to have a meeting with Greg Ballard, like, you know, Mayor Ballard, like, what should I say? And the first words I would say to that question every single time without fail was, compliment his staff. Right. He's enormously proud right. of the people with whom, and I wasn't working for him anymore. So I wasn't mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. myself obviously, but I'm like, mm-hmm. he's enormously proud of the people for whom he works. Right. You have made some hires Yeah. at the IEDC. I have um, friends of mine, David Rosenberg mm-hmm. and Lathrop, yeah. of course, uh, Laurel Judkins yeah. uh, and others who mm-hmm. are brilliant, talented, mm-hmm. collaborative, mm-hmm. smart, How proud are you that you've able to capture that talent here?
1: I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud as a peacock and I, I, I tell them that. And, um, you know, I, we got in our EVP meeting the other day and I'm like, I was so excited for this meeting because it's been five months of trying to build this cool team. And, um, and so super excited to, to bring this talent to bear because it isn't about me. It's about us. And there is no I in team, and that's true. And, and day one at the IDC was about assessing culture and assessing esprit de corps and, and, and being mission-focused and buying into a fresh aspirational vision to shoot higher for the state. And, and it takes leaders to do that. In in leadership to do that and so my focus has been for five months putting in a great senior leadership team and great they are um and um and and you know everybody else at the idc is too these these are hard-working public servants mission focused um and i i think they're feeling the the the, the energy you know uh, that this this leadership team is bringing and it's pretty darn exciting i gotta be honest
0: and I only mentioned the three whom I know the best, yeah. but there are so yeah. many more.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, you know Dave Roberts. You know he, he is a he is he has been. He has been holding together innovation and entrepreneurship by himself, really, um, he, he, and and now he's got some resources. Now he's got a spotlight on him. Now he's got a wind at his back to go out and make a difference in a big way. Because I, I'll give you one example: we were at our Christmas party the other day for the IDC, celebrating the five months, and one of one of the one of our um, data associates came up to me and she's terrific, and she said, "You know." The IDC uh, engine is is you know there's six cylinders. She goes, but it's it seems in some ways that we've only been running on one or two, and now we finally got all three, four, five, six cylinders moving. And that's the cylinder of entrepreneurship, the c- the cylinder of external engagement, this c- uh, cylinder of of defense, and the cylinder of, of uh, uh, you know just business development. So all cylinders are 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 are. Uh, are cranking away trying to 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 do good stuff for the state so it's pretty fun. In uh,
0: preparation for this podcast I watched your interview like last week I think with right. Gary Dick yeah. a few weeks ago. Uh Chief Executive Magazine just ranked Indiana the 5th best state for business. What makes our state so business friendly and attractive to companies looking to expand within Indiana or bring their operations here?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think we have enough time on the podcast for me to get through the list, but you know, I'll start with the, the governor gives his cell phone out to every business CEO we own, that he he meets, call he and he means it, and so do I. Call me if you have a problem. If you have got a permitting problem, call me. It starts there, and businesses, by our very nature, are, are risk assessors. So we're looking for risk mitigation, right? We're looking for stability, and 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 so when when you get The senior officials in a state look you in the eye and say, We gotcha. Um, Number one, and, and number two, then it's just cost of doing business, responsiveness, our permitting, you know, our permitting process led by the senior leaders, leaders at DNR and, and item and Department of Transportation. They're incredible. They're business focused and business friendly and they want to get these business humming along quickly and support them. Um, you know, low tax rates. You know.
0: That's an underrated point you just made about as someone, you know, I've had my little one man veteran business for yeah. 11 years now. But navigating the bureaucracy, yes. or having someone at the IEDC or uh, at PTAC mm-hmm. uh, has helped me greatly navigate the yeah. bureaucracy where before five or six years ago, I encountered it and I just backed away and go, well, I'm not going to mess with it. Yeah. That is what you just said is so critical to a, an mm-hmm. entrepreneur who's just trying to yeah. make a living That's and right. feels like they're just getting hit above the head yeah. all the time.
1: Speed matters. And I said this to the other day. When you're an entrepreneur and you're investing your capital, I don't care if it's a dollar or it's $10,000 or it's a million dollars, the speed that that capital gets invested and then generates a return back to you is critical to success or failure. And, and what slows that capital coming back and that return coming back is bureaucracy. And so if we can, if we can uh, you know, be a state that, you know, gets out of the way, and does its job. I'm not saying we don't do our job, but get out of the way. Um, and so that capital can get invested and get its return quickly, we'll continue to thrive.
0: Caitlin and Diana at PTAC, I'm in your debt there more you than go. I could ever possibly yeah. express. Yeah. Last exactly. question before we get to the five questions is something that you mentioned a few minutes ago, actually, and that is quality and quantity. Is there a competition between quality of job attracted or produced and the quantity of jobs attracted or produced. Is it a false choice or is it a real choice?
1: You know, it's a really, really, really good and important and, and tough question. And there isn't a great answer to it that, that, that will, you know, I'll be able to articulate because, um, a job in a community that's got 6% unemployment and is in a rural area in, it may not be terrific in Hamilton County. Um, but it's really terrific there. Um, uh, so, so y- you kind of got to s- s- see the job and its surroundings and its location. I mean, I-, I think the first answer is there is no real bad job, right? We want people employed. Period. Um, and if there's there's jobs available for people of all walks of life, that's important. Um, it's really about where um, we want to go in the future and where are we are going to focus our efforts and our energies and our enthusiasm as a state, um, in, in what will grow our economy, right. And keep up with the, the rest of the country. Indiana is like, you know, like you said, um, fifth best in the country. It's, but why can't that be fourth best or third best or second best or first? I, and that's my aspiration, right? I mean, let's, let's shoot for the stars. And if we land at second, that's better than fifth. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, that's, that's the, that's, that's the energy I, I bring, I think, and, and the, the, um, aspiration and, and, um, um, but it's, it's focusing on good quality growth for our economy into the future, a sustainable growth. And do you know that, do you get
0: the sense, I I bet it's more than a sense. Do you know for a fact that other States are looking at Indiana? It's a copycat league. It's a copycat yep. world, yep. and they're thinking Indiana's doing X, Y, and Z. Yep, we need to do X, Y, and Z. A great example is the Indiana Sports Corp, which That's has right. been yep. duplicated. Yep. throughout the country.
1: Yeah, great question. Our sports first, first and foremost, our sports ecosystem and our ability to put on major events um, is un, unparalleled. Really, um, it is for a community of our size. We we punch above our weight every time. You know. It, um, in, in, in just about every event. Um, and so we are, you know, highly, highly regarded in that regard. I spent the first month or six weeks as secretary of commerce talking to other secretaries of commerce around the country. I want to get their views. I want to understand their perceptions of how they view Indiana. And it was all very favorable. And by the way, there was, it was a nice group of people, very sharing, um, with, with the way they view their jobs, the way they view their states and the way they view Indiana. Indiana is viewed well, we're competitive and and we're tough. Um, but we also, the market changes every day, right? The, 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 the NASDAQ and the, and the, and the, and the Dow, the, the numbers are different every day. So the market's changing every day. The market for economic development is changing every day too. And as a state, we need to, make sure we keep up with that change and we adapt to that change and we have the very best tools to compete and continue to compete with North Carolina and, and Ohio and, and Georgia and Texas. I, I don't, I don't, I don't limit our, our ability to compete with the best cause I think we are the best
0: and clearly Indiana has made its mark worldwide.
1: It has. I mean, we set a record with uh, the number of foreign companies investing in Indiana this year, this year will be a, another record. Um, and again, I'm only five months on the job, so I'm not taking any of that credit. I'm, 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 the, I'm telling you, we have a very good team and that team should, should, t- should, and, and, and does take that credit. Okay. Um, we've got a really good team and our, our we're the largest employer of Japanese firms in the world. So, um, other than Japan, by the way, um, in the United States, how about that? I'll, I'll qualify for the United States. Um, so, <laughs> um, we, we are punching above our weight there. And, and, and the ability to attract foreign owned com- companies and because we care, you know, Toyota, Toyota's got a big presence. Honda's got a big presence, um, in, in our state and others because we do care and, and we're, our workers are, uh, and our, uh, employees are second to none. So
0: you're listening to the leaders and legends podcast. Our guest is Indiana secretary of commerce, Brad Chambers, uh, I'm going to ask one last question and just answer it very quickly before we get to the five questions because I meant to ask it earlier. Yep. First time we ever talked on the phone was about 12 years ago. Yeah. And I was working in the mayor's office and you were planning Cityway. Yeah. And I took the courageous stand of saying, I don't know about this. Yeah. And obviously how wrong I was. I think we had a great conversation. My, my reasonings made yeah. sense to you. Yeah. Although ultimately I was, I was yeah. proven way wrong. Yeah. Uh, I used to live there. It's a beautiful place. Uh, what do you Thank think you. when you drive by one of your signature properties yeah. and just go, who'd have thought?
1: Yeah. Who'd have thought, well, there was a vision and I, I give, I give the credit to, um, you know, John Lucklider and Steve Van Zelen at Lilly who, who had uh, had the inspiration, and they called us. I give them the credit for calling us, too, on that. Um, and then we had the inspiration and the creativity and the determination um, to, to make uh, a, a place, create a place. And it's, it is a place. It's, it is live, work, play. Um, study and stay. It is. it is. It's a built environment that we're super proud of as a company. And you've got great uh, diversity of residential housing there. You've got a really cool art-laden boutique hotel that serves our business community really well. You've got medical offices. You've got a beautiful YMCA that that adds um, and contributes to that neighborhood. You've got retail shops and restaurants. Um, and you've got it in a very urban, walkable uh, uh, streetscape, right? And it just so happens to be, it's literally a sandwich from Banker's Life or or now Grand Bridge um, in, in, in our CBD. So it's vibrant. There's over a thousand people live there. I mean, it's a pretty big community, but it doesn't feel it. It feels like it's just, it's just an urban uh, neighborhood that's grown up through the years. And so um, super proud of it. And it, it was a, it, it was a really interesting, uh, public private partnership. Um, Mayor Ballard and, and, his team, your team, um, leaned in on that. And it was fantastic. I mean, it was, uh, it was, keep in mind it was a middle of a recession too, right? That's right. Um, so Lily was a partner. We were obviously a partner. The city was a partner. The state was a partner. Um, it was truly a, it's a beautiful example of a, of a public private partnership that, that, uh, Changed a neighborhood.
0: Changed I can't it. think of another development in my, you know, in the last 15, fifteen twenty years that so completely changed a part of downtown yeah. like that did. Yeah, it's night and day. I can't. Matter of fact, other than remembering what Delaware and South Towing looked like,
1: uh, I've been there a few <laughs> times myself. Yeah, I can't remember I was, what it was. What yeah, it looked like. Right.
0: Um, favorite contemporary artist. Favorite traditional artist. Because we know how much you love art. Hmm.
1: Okay. Um, well, my favorite today, contemporary artists, I'm going to give you two. There's a Korean artist by the name of Doho Soo. That's awesome. Um, um, Sam Jones, Indianapolis artist that is now represented in, in uh, New York City. He's amazing, by the way. I hope he, he was, he had a show at the IMA last year. Um, and then Warhol. I love Warhol. So I give you three. Sorry. That's all right. Um, the, uh, on the, on the, uh, I've got a, I've got, you know, a steel at home too. I love steels. And then, um, 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 who's my other, let me
0: ask a question a different way. Yeah. Brad. Yeah. 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 If you could have any artist in history, paint the portrait of you and your family,
1: whom would you choose? Oh gosh. So, um, I've, I've, I, I, and and I, I can't remember the name because I'm old, fifty-seven. So I'm having a. But it's the artist that did the Obama p- portrait. And, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He and his wife. He I, and Mrs. I, Obama. Yeah, yeah. And I've got it in my Instagram feed. So if you guys can help help me out here, but um, and I know him and I track him. But um, I would. Who is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Say it. Kinda Wiley, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sorry I butchered that because I'm an art guy, but I'd lo- I just I just love his work and um, and it's cool um, So I've got I've got an app on my phone with all these artists so I can my my bad memory can Can uh, get get an assist here and there but but uh, yeah I, That's been a passion that's been growing for 25 years and you can walk through our hotel And you'll see the Dohosus and you'll see the Nick caves and the um, Just uh, it's 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 fun stuff
0: Here are the actual five questions. Yeah. We'll go through them quickly. Number number one, what was your first job?
1: Golf course. I worked at a golf course, cleaning clubs, you know, putting away carts. It was awesome. Loved it. Like Caddyshack? Mm-hmm. Just exactly like Caddyshack. Well, not exactly. Did you but, caddy for the Dalai Lama? Yeah. yeah. Not the Dalai Lama. I caddied for my father, which is <laughs> kind of like the Dalai Lama. Did he grant you eternal consciousness? <laughs> he was the Dalai Lama in plaid pants. For, <laughs> how about that? Number two,
0: what was your first concert?
1: Um, Phil Collins.
0: It's pretty good. Yep. Number three, if you su- could suggest any book for someone to read,
1: which book would you choose? I love Sapiens. It's It's relevant. It's new. Have you read that? You gotta read that. I'm reading a book about the white ship. Okay. That's right. a ship
0: that sunk in the twelfth century that completely changed the trajectory of English history. Okay.
1: All right. Not the same, but right. All right. Sapiens is it's it's um, it's a super good fact based book. And then there's another book that I think gives us all perspective. Um, it's called Factfulness. Mm-hmm. And it, it 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 gives the whole history of civilization, and so if you see the progress that's been made over, and it's in a book, right? So you can read it. It, it takes away the, the the anxiety about what happens every day. Mm-hmm. It, it you know, it, it tells about infant mortality, and it tells about education, and it tells about civil rights and, and human rights, and it and it shows what happens. Throughout our, our civilization and where we are today in 2021 compared to where we were 100 years ago and 1,000 years ago, it's incredible progress. And so that's helped relieve my anxiety about picking up the paper in the morning and, and seeing it. <laughs> or about social all, media. Or social media. Factfulness <laughs> and, and sapiens. Number four, if yep. you could
0: witness any event in history, be yep. there in person as it happens, which event would you
1: choose? Yeah, two. I'm not going to give you one, but so I'm a builder. I love to build. I love to see buildings go up, and so I am. i just. I will go to my grave fascinated with the uh, the construction of the pyramids, and 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 when that happened, and I, I just got done with a book about it. I'm. St- I still. I just can't figure it out. It's just incredible what happened with the pyramids. And the second would be. Um, Jesus feeding of the five thousand on the Lake of Galilee, right? So, how, how did he's that...
0: evoked quite often? Is he? He is, and yes, yeah. a lot of it's temple, on the, the,
1: temple on the mount, yeah, the yeah. Mount. yeah, yeah, the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah,
0: that's what I meant to say. Sermon mm-hmm. on the Mount. Excuse me. Uh, last question: If you could have dinner with anyone living today, two hours off the record. Whom would you choose?
1: Well, I mean, don't you, don't, don't wouldn't every, everyone want to have dinner with the Queen of England? I she'd mean, she'd be my
0: top choice. She's,
1: you know, she's got a hundred years of history pretty much, right? I mean, think about that when she was in her 20s and um, working during World War II. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to claim a Buckingham heritage, Buckingham Palace heritage, but it's awfully interesting to the guy whose middle name is Buckingham. So.
0: That's where it comes from. I didn't know your. It's my name.
1: mother's maiden name. Yeah, I
0: thought maybe you were just an English history fan and no, "What the hell?" It's
1: my mother's maiden name, Beverly Buckingham Chambers.
0: So, Queen Elizabeth, Her Majesty Queen yes. Elizabeth II, is That's your my choice. choice.
1: Yeah.
0: You yeah. have been listening to Leaders and Legends, a podcast presented by Veteran Strategies, a local veteran public relations enterprise, and sponsored by Girl Scouts of Central Indiana, Garmon Construction, Leaders and Legends LLC. The Grand Hall and Conference Center at Historic Union Station, the McGinley's Golden Ace Inn, and McAllister Machinery, your friendly neighborhood Caterpillar dealer. Our guest today has been Indiana Secretary of Commerce, CEO of the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, and a friend, Brad Chambers. It's great. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you for doing this and inviting me on. And and I've been a fan of yours since we started working together back in the Ballard days. So this is such a pleasure to be with you for an hour and have a conversation. Thank you. That's very kind. All right.
0: Thanks. Thank you very much for listening to Leaders and Legends, brought to you by Veteran Strategies Incorporated. If you want to contact us about this program or our menu of public relations services, please send us an email at robert at veteranstrategies.com. That's robert at veteranstrategies.com.